0: Welcome to the City Light Family Podcast, a podcast for young and old. Our aim and vision here is to help equip you for the work of ministry and encourage you along the way. So my name's Chris, uh, lead pastor here at City Light Omaha, and uh, I'm with my good friend, Jared Cleaver, pastor at uh, Providence Church. And so uh, we get to be in the room together. Today we're talking about the gathered church, okay? And so uh, when the saints gather for worship, I want to ask you, Jared, um, how did you grow up viewing the gathered church? What was your experience? Experience of it? Um, did you anticipate going to church on Sunday? Uh, was it something you had to do? You wanted to do? Uh, what was that like when you were a, a boy growing up?
1: Yeah, I didn't anticipate anything that happened in the morning. So let's <laughs> let's right. start there. Yes, uh, I grew up in rural Nebraska and yes. went to church 52 times a year on Come Sunday on. mornings, <laughs> and uh, I don't want to. I mean, I'm not gonna blame my church growing up, yes. but I wasn't exactly like anticipating going. It yes. was like the thing that yes. you had to do. And yep. Sunday morning, like that was church. That was the church. It was the only thing, thing. Yeah. I right. knew. Um, and so I went there. There was no like kids programming during uh-huh. church. So I was sitting there and my mom had, you know, toys that she would hand <laughs> me, bags of snacks that <laughs> yes. she would hand, to, you know, to keep me occupied. Sometimes I'm playing on the floor with hot yes. wheels, whatever. And so, uh, you know, I can't say that it was the highlight of my week. It mm-hmm. wasn't torture, but it was just what it was. It was what was yeah. what was your experience? Yeah. So
0: I grew up in a Catholic home. Uh, mom stayed, dad left, and mom was trying to figure out like, what do I do? Where do I take this? So she reverted back to what she knew, which was like, let's just take them to the Catholic church and they do something there. Uh, so it was the only time that I, you know, the good things was it it did kind of instill in me the fact that like God is real, right? Like uh, it it answered the question of like, where did we come from? Um, and yet it didn't feel like a real spiritual family. We didn't have community outside of the church Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Um, so going on Sunday felt like something we had to do to check a box, to please a God who was really distant. And it was also the only other time that like, I saw grown people in robes. And, uh, (laughs) so it was just a confusing time. I'm like, why are there people in robes? I don't understand what's happening here. So, uh, it was not something that I said, you know what, this is really key to shaping and forming me. And part of that was I, I was attending a gathering, uh, and not a Christian. So that was part of it. But you know, at, at the City Light family, the reason we're asking that question is just um, we do believe in the City Light family and in, in the value of the gathered church.
1: And yeah, we all yeah. accentuate it. It's a big part of what we do. Yeah. And we would say, I believe you'd say that comes from the Bible, right? Yeah, that, that's in the Bible. So <laughs> uh, there's a lot of questions about the
0: gathered church. I don't know if you yeah. realize this, but recently, like even digitally, what yeah. what is that? Um, why should we value? I mean, we've been in this place as a culture discussing what is church and um, and how do we do it? And, and I think some of the conversations we kind of came into when we started planning churches is there was this whole movement of like, let's just get rid of the big gathering. Let's meet in bars. Let's just meet in homes. Let's kind of get rid of elder authority. And then this is just a person and they were just going to do life together and be a spiritual family. And it, that felt like a far swing, yeah. but what they were really swinging away from was a gathered church that was consumeristic and they spent of their budget and energy on just a one-hour program to kind of entertain consumers. Mm -hmm. So there's this real swing, right? You've Mm -hmm. got the big church with lots of programs and, and shiny things and kind of they're paying the paid professionals on Sunday. And that's the whole model is to get people in the room for that one hour. And then there's been this other movement of like, that doesn't work. That just creates big crowds and big budgets, but not disciples. And so let's just move the other way. Yeah, and kind of like get rid of that, and we'll just kind of drink dark beer and discuss <laughs> reform, you know, theology in a bar or something. Yeah. You know, like you, you know, what yeah, you've yeah, been yeah, a part yeah, of these yeah, conversations. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so where where do you get like? when you cast the vision for the gathered church, cent yeah. where do you go? Or like, yeah. where's your conviction line? Yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's a, so yeah, if you're listening, what we want to do right up front on this podcast is give you just a little theology on this. So one, I think Jesus gave us the aim, right, Jared? So for me personally, mm-hmm. like Jesus gave me the aim and the mission is to make disciples of Jesus, Matthew 28, right? So go and make disciples of all nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, to obey all that I've commanded you. So there's this teaching component after we mm-hmm. baptize people. That's really big. And yeah. there's this ongoing shaping and forming. Well, then you get into the Acts. How did the New Testament church, after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit drops, uh, Peter preaches the gospel, 3,000 people come to faith in Jerusalem. Well, what are their typical gatherings? Well, they go to the temple for the teaching, and they, they break bread in each other's homes. So there's this, they're in homes, they are... In each other's lives, they're sharing meals together. But there's also this teaching component, and then then you go into Hebrews. I love Hebrews. It says this, uh, you know, chapter ten, verse twenty-five. Do not, uh, do not, uh, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encourage one another all the more. And so there's this. Hey, there's this encouragement in Scripture to not stop gathering as God's people. And we just feel like it's important um, to gather regularly on a Sunday morning with the multi generation family of God. Uh, this is your spiritual family, old and young, coming underneath the authority of God's word, and um, and participating uh, in this gathering. We've, and I think about Paul. You know, Paul was a great pastor. So one of the, the challenges I I have is like, what is our burden for the church? Is it just bigger crowds? Is that the is that what we are? God, we, if we God answered all of our prayers. Would there just be more people in services? No, like it's exactly what you've talked about in the past. We want people to be shaped and formed in the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. They'd be transformed from one degree of glory to another as they behold Christ Jesus. Well, how, how do they get shaped and formed? I think there's something about gathering with the family of God, coming underneath the authority of God's word, responding in worship to Jesus, participating in and communion and breaking bread that that actually shapes and forms us and reminds us of who we are, stirs our affections from the Lord and almost is like a fresh grace, fresh meal yeah. to help sustain us for another week. So, so that is the gathered church. We love it. We think it's an essential value and rhythm because uh, historically as the church, we've gathered for thousands of years. We need to keep gathering, keep worshiping, uh, keep fellowshipping. So, uh, it, it's a value. So Jared, uh, how does that land on you? Are you, a, are you, are you, a shareholder on that value or where do you land on that?
1: Yeah, man. I, so I, you know, I've had to think about this because when you have this, this history of yes. like, oh, I kind of went to church because I had to, you're like, yeah. you know, the natural heart the, or the natural thing is like swing the other direction yeah. and do the other thing. But you realize the power that comes, the formation that comes, yeah. the relationships that develop, yeah. the the unity of like, if you just, Pause in a church gathering, you know, when you're meeting together, as yeah. Hebrews 10 is telling us to do, and you listen to these voices and you're like, Man, you know everyone in the room is struggling, but they're still singing this. They're Come clinging on, on to Come Jesus. On. Yes. And you're like, there's something unique and powerful that's uniting us, especially when you think about how different the people are in the room. Yeah. And you look on the outside, it's like every every impulse is to say, mm. you know, divide, like let's have distinctions, but yet there's all these like different unique people that are in the room and we're displaying something unifying under the gospel. Like if you let your, if I let myself stop and think about that, whether I'm on stage or whether I'm, you know, in the front row, listening to the people behind me, there's something powerful to that. And so I love, I mean, I think it's laid out, like you said, it's laid out in the new Testament and I'm like, we get like, I uh, I think I think there's power in yep. formational yep. power in yes. doing that. Yeah. Yes.
0: Breach. So, how do we judge success? So, there's some, you know, ministry workers. First of all, if you spend time alone in prayer for the gathered church, asking the Spirit of God to move, that's not wasted time. Yeah. If you spend time preparing worship sets, thinking how are people going to sing through the gospel, um, sing through confession, sing through adoration and praise, sing through songs that help us remember our dependence on God, that is not a waste of energy. If you are a leader and you're thinking, how do I actually just keep this whole thing going? I've got to actually, I've got to commission God's people to use their gifts and kids ministry and hospitality and security. That's not a waste of energy and time. That is loving servant leadership, uh, using your ministry gifts to bless God's people as they gather together. I just want to say thank you. And then, you know, as you think about uh, Jared, what are the essentials on the gathered church? Like, you know, there's a lot of things we could do in our time together. So what are the things that, that biblically should happen
1: um, as we gather God's people, yeah, so you know in our churches we try to center everything around the gospel, right yep, yep. and so we're like, okay, how do we how do we do this gospel thing? Well this good news, how do yep. we how do we do this for the people and so one of the things that we love is to declare the gospel through preaching, right yeah. there's somebody that gets up there, we read the scripture, and then somebody gets up there and declares the gospel, declares the good news mm. through the word of God, mm-hmm. and so somebody's up there heralding that thing and people are listening, ready to soak it in, you know, just the, just that life-giving thing of declaring the gospel. Um, we also think of responding to the gospel in worship, right? We clear time in our gatherings to, to sing, to sing these gospel rich words that are our opportunity in the midst of everything that's happened during the week to come in and say, Hey God, you are still the same. You're still the rock. You're still the thing that we cling to. We're still going to celebrate you. We're still like, and, and it's this beautiful thing of joining our, Mm. our voices together to respond to what God has been doing his faithfulness to us, no matter what, how faithful or unfaithful Mm. we've been during the previous week. And then, um, you know we believe that in scripture jesus there's there's two sacraments or ordinances that that he has commanded us to do communion and baptism and so we display we have an opportunity to display the gospel through those specific things and Come so on. it's like we're we're using our bodies we're getting up we're coming yeah. forward empty handed mm. we've got nothing we're bringing nothing to the table we come, you know, to the front or we come wherever, however your church does it. And, and by the end of it, you've got something in your hands, yeah. not because of what you've done, but because mm. Jesus hands us something. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just a beautiful thing. And so we're, we're declaring the gospel, we're responding to the gospel, we're displaying the gospel. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. And I think, um, measuring quote success or centering our gatherings around that is just a, a lot healthier way than to be obsessed about the, you know, the counter of the number like, Hey, yes. what w- did we do the right thing today? Hey, let's look at how many people came. Well, oh, yeah. wait, uh, What's that tell us? Oh, you know, yeah. that feeds our feeds our egos, maybe. Yes. But that's not. I don't think that's what Jesus is calling us to do. When He calls us to to faithfully gather together. Come on, exactly. No, I'm with you on that. All that. And by the way,
0: that was that was fire. And uh, I want to confess to you, Jared. One temptation, though. I remember Twitter was really big for a season, and people were coming to church looking for like tweets from their pastor. And <laughs> there was a time where I measured success as a young pastor. I'd get in my car and I'd check my phone, and like, "Ooh, did I get a did I get a tweet? Did somebody tweet something yep. I said?" Oh, but I yeah. say something profound yeah. and it was messing with my heart. Cause you're like, is this how I'm going to start to measure it? And like, I think pastors are still going to be tempted to get on, you know, whatever Facebook, Instagram, whatever streaming device, how many, how many streams did we, how many, yeah. how many people yeah. shared what we did? And, and it's like, no, you're not just producing content that's shareable, mm-hmm. right? You're gathering God's people for his glory and for their good. And so we just have to remember kind of what we're aiming at because those other things will pull at
1: you. Oh yeah. yeah. I yeah. You you see somebody post a picture of you up front mm-hmm. there preaching a little fire emoji oh. but this sermon what, and then we get two fire oh, emojis and three a d- a and you're fire. like oh. I don't even need to read my Bible this week I'm Ooh, filled up on come that come on now come not, on not healthy no no, probably it, not the thing we're aiming for it, it, it feels it, good in the moment and there's
0: this weird pastor culture <laughs> where I see pastors doing this like somebody will 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 post something on social media like oh my pastor's preaching or whatever I'm at home watching from home and then, and then the pastor will retweet what or reshare <laughs> what they shared and uh, I'm like I don't get this. like what's happening? Is this the culture like we're measuring success based on somebody took my photo, posted it, and I reshared it. I don't know what's happening. I just hey, just pay attention. Is the gospel being shared, responded to, and and displayed? I Only, like that. That's yeah. probably a better better essential. Hey, <laughs> what else should we be paying attention to, Jared, as we think about coming on a Sunday morning, gathering as a Sunday morning, obviously the word worship, um, the sacraments, those are essentials. But is there other stuff we should pay attention to uh, as pastors, leaders, uh, even members that are walking in? Uh, what should, what questions should we be asking and what should we be paying attention to at a church yeah. gathering?
1: Well, uh, I, I do think uh, there's just ways that you can see the gospel taking root just by the culture that's happening. Yeah. And so yeah. one of the things that, that I love because we consider the church a family, you look yeah. on you know Sunday mornings and I love it when when you kind of, after a long, long time, you have to kick people out because people are just lingering around. People want to not just greet each other, but like being, being in each other's lives, talking to each other. There's this sense in which there's real relationships and people are processing life. They're getting to know each other. They're welcoming. Like there's something beautiful about that. There's, yeah, there's lots of things like that as well. Like when you see, um, when people are just praying, like people are, Praying for each other, they're praying yes. in in our like whatever. Like there's a sense of like real like communion with God. I mean, I don't know what yeah. what else are you. Oh yeah,
0: no, you know. there's so many of those things. But I think, I mean, even as a pastor, you rejoice when you see those, yeah, because you're like, hey, this this is not just everybody coming to hear a word from a celebrity preacher up front. This is a family gathering. And there's, there's relationships that are outside of me, a web of relationships. Um, but I'm looking for a couple of things. I, I think it's really important uh, what we're calling people to. So um, are, are people serving or are they just sitting around being served? Um, I, I think that's just the gospel frees us from just showing up, consuming, come serve me, come teach me, come lead me, um, to the, is there some level of, of measure of maturity where God's people are showing up to the gathering saying, how can I give? who can I encourage? Mm -hmm. How can I serve? How can I put um, on display my ministry gift and exercise that um, for the good of my brothers and sisters? So everything from greeters to hospitality, to security, to kids, like there's a ton of people doing uh, all kinds of sound work and lighting, and they're just giving their time and talent away to bless God's people. So I I look for that, like, is that happening? Uh, And then the last thing is like, are, are we actually... Um, calling people to go? Is the invitation just come back next Sunday, we'll mm-hmm. see you? Or is it, hey, go now yeah. and show and tell the world about this this Jesus who's done a great work for him. So are we calling people and commissioning them out uh, for mission, not just saying, hey, come back, come back, come back. Yeah. So I'm looking for gospel stuff like that. And then- mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of things, but just little things like greeters and uh, celebration. I will say this, do not, in the church gathering, I think that we can overlook the importance of very small things like a call to worship Mm -hmm. that can set the tone so early. I'm I'm looking also for announcements. I know that sounds like, oh, is this just business stuff? But man, what you celebrate as a church, uh, it, it communicates what you value as a church. What you're calling people into communicates your kingdom heart. And so don't overlook those small little areas of the gathering. Those are not just tack-ons, throwaways. Those are really, really significant Mm -hmm. moments Mm -hmm. that are displaying gospel culture Mm -hmm. and really your heart. So um, that's all stuff to be paying attention to. So if you're listening and you might be a staff member, okay, so Jared, we've seen this. What are some of your, what's your heart when a pastor walks into the room for the gathering, Uh, an elder, one of your staff, what are your hopes for their posture that morning? What are you hoping that would would mark their activity? What's marking their heart? What's marking their hands? What's marking their mind? What's marking their eyes? What do you want that ministry leader to be thinking about as they pull into the parking lot on a Sunday morning getting ready to, to gather with God's people. Mm. Yeah. Any expectations you have or hopes you have?
1: Yeah. You know, so I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you have this as well where you like expect people to show up at a certain time. Right. And I get that, like, if I'm preaching a sermon, I've probably spent a little bit more time in prayer for that morning that somebody else or than somebody else who's coming, who doesn't have a volunteer role, but they're a staff person there, but they're called to be on. And I think with that, um, there's just a sense in which like, this is a, this is an important like spiritual thing. It's an important relational thing. And so like y- your heart should be ready to like yeah. minister, yeah. but because you don't have a role, you've gotta be ready when you come in to like have eyes, to see people, to to like be looking around for opportunities. I'm yes. um, not even just relationally, but you know, there's fires to put out on, on Sunday mm. morning. So just having that a humble posture of like, okay, I'm going to this gathering, God has called me to do this. I'm a leader and so I need to lead the way by serving, yep. by relationally engaging. Yep. Uh and and I would hope staff people, you know, they're getting their hearts ready. At the yes. very least you're driving in, it's like even if you're late, you're like, hey, m- maybe spend some time with Jesus on yes. that car ride in yes. and like pray about that so yes. you're ready to come. And then, you know, just I kind of started talking about this, but relationally there's opportunities all over the place to move toward people. I yes. think oh, we talked about this, you know, a, a few times ago, but like if there's somebody standing by themselves, that's oh, like a, that's an emergency, Emergency. Right? Get yeah. There. Yeah. Get, or, you know, somebody you ask someone like, how are you doing? And they say, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yes. Like our, our MO in, in America is to say, "Yeah, Oh, I'm doing good. So if somebody hesitates a little bit, like that's an open door to be able Come to on. to lean in, uh, ask them how they're doing, take every single opportunity to like pray for people. Yeah. Like, yeah. What What do you think? Is you think yeah,
0: about no, through that, your staff team? That's it. I, I always have a cold. You cannot take people where you haven't been. So that morning, it is a spiritual battle. You're usually tired. You're the first one up right now in the middle of winter. It's cold. It's dark. Your flesh wants to remain in bed. But the reality is, is there is a spiritual battle going on for the lives of those people. And so just begging God, even if you, you know, you're, like you said, begging God, God, would you move in me? God, I'm dependent on you. God, help me to show and share the love of Jesus today. Help me, um, to use my lips to encourage whatever that is, making yourself available, spirit of God, work in me to work through me today. Um, So don't skip just that time of prayer. Make that a priority. I always ask God, God, give me eyes to see people through your eyes, the Mm. eyes of Jesus. Mm. And I think you'll see different kinds of people then. Um, Then finally, like, give me an opportunity to show and share your love today. So, and then I would just encourage our staff, and our leaders to be really bold with inviting people to pray. Mm. You know, it's amazing how many people just haven't been prayed for by a pastor, by a friend, Mm -hmm. by a ministry leader. They don't have anybody else in their life. Oftentimes that will grab them. They might say, I will pray for you this week, but pray right there with people. That is such a huge moment for people. And then when I come in, one of my pet peeves, I'll just say this, my (laughs) pet peeves are a couple things. My pet peeves are one, Moody ministry workers that walk in, and you bring all of your junk to Sunday morning, and uh, that's okay to be weak, to be messy, to invite somebody to pray with you because you're coming into that place. But you just have to understand, like the significance when you've got the microphone on stage, and just because you're moody, that's not everybody else's mood. Don't mm-hmm. project that on everyone mm-hmm. else. And then number two, like if we're just huddled as shepherds in the back and we're all hanging out, talking about our weekend and and enjoying each other, meanwhile, the entire flock has no no shepherds around it. That kind of bothers me. I'm yep. like, guys, the sheep are here. Like, we have all week. We can talk through ministry philosophy, catch up as friends. But like, this moment is a holy moment. Like, we've got to run at God's people right now. And by the way, I have to confess the temptation. I want to stop by the sound booth and mess around and yep. laugh. And I want, oh, I want to go back and and find a yep. place where I can pull away for a few minutes. But. But just understanding I've got to discipline my body for this couple hours to really engage with God's people mm. uh, is significant. So, okay, Jared, we're gonna do one last question. We're gonna make you touch this fire. And the fire is, what about digital or online gatherings? So. <laughs> Well, you guys know COVID changed the whole game. There's already been this massive shift in our culture of everything going digital, right? You no longer go and look at a house in person. You go online, you look at it on Zillow or some website, then you decide to go. And we've seen this happen in the church. People are visiting the church websites, social media before they're ever walking in the building. But now with COVID, every church went online because they had to. And now the the church is trying to figure out, are we a digital church with physical locations in supplemental form? Or are we a a church family that gathers physically and we supplement with digital? Hmm. Does it make any sense? So you kind of make that decision. What's the primary audience? What's gonna get our attention? And pastors are making this decision. Ministry leaders are making this decision because they're either looking into the camera because that's the primary audience, or they're looking around the room, engaging the people in the room and then letting people kind of look in. So how, how would you encourage us to be thinking through this issue?
1: Well, first of all, we solved our problem two years ago by not having enough volunteers to do online yes. gatherings. Yes. And so we're, we're out of the game already. <laughs> yes. So I don't have to think about this yes. issue. Yes. Um, but I think uh, I want to hear your thoughts too. Yep. But I think just real quick, right off, like there is regardless of technology, there is a relational component to the church and to the gathering, uh, our end of the gathering of the people. And there is something unique. We know this inherently, there's something unique about being face-to-face in a room with people or right next to people. Mm -hmm. um, That's different that you just can't do on a screen. Like you don't have Like you want to take your, your marriage online? No, that doesn't even make any sense to you. Right. Because you know, there's something unique about our bodies being in the same room together. Um, that I think, uh, is, like, it, it, it's something that can't be replaced no. online. And I think, I mean, there's all sorts of thoughts, but I think that's just the first yeah. thought of like, there's things that you just can't accomplish. But I, I'm curious to hear your
0: Yeah, thoughts. I mean, the, the basic one is the incarnation. Yeah. Jesus stepped into a real time and space, had a real body, he still does. Yeah. You know, when you see him, he'll still have a fleshly human body. So so when you when when we think about church, we're like, well, listen, I think we are incarnational beings with real bodies that are really shaped by the environments yeah. we go to. And so, um, and then I also think it's just about the biblical mandates, pray for one another, encourage one another, um, greet each other with Psalms and spiritual songs. Like, how do you, how do you live this out? Um, how do you serve one another if if you're just digitally isolated? It's one thing to watch a sermon online with your phone. It's a whole nother thing to step into gathering and to realize this is a grace. I am not alone on this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. God has surrounded me with a multi-ethnic, multi-generational spiritual family. Mm. He's covered Mm. me, surrounded me. God has given me a place to belong. Um, When you're singing and you're hearing not just your voice, but you're hearing the voice of the saints. It reminds you of heaven. Where are we going? We will be worshiping at the throne someday. Um, When you're there in that room and you're serving and being served, It reminds you you're a part of a body and you might be the hand and somebody else is the foot but there's people with different spiritual gifts and we're all doing this thing to represent king jesus together and so i would just say there's so many things that cannot happen digitally now we want to have no condemnation you're sick uh you've got some limitations physically uh you're isolated maybe you're at a distance you you physically can't drive to the building because you're on vacation or traveling for work please 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 we're not saying this is a a hard and fast rule. But, uh, I think our conviction is God's people have to, they should be gathering physically, um, under local elders, committing to a spiritual family. And, and we believe that's probably the healthiest way for you to be growing. So anyways, that little encouragement there. So, uh, pastors continue to labor hard elders leaders. Uh, we want to encourage you guys. We know it takes a lot of work, a lot of planning. I don't think it's wasted energy. So Mm. thank you guys for dialing in as me and Jared talk about the gathered church today.